0: Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Films in Canada, we podcast about Canadian movies. I'm William Lee. And I'm Alexander Cairns. And uh, today we're going to talk about Bond Cop, Bad Cop. Yeah. All right. Alexander, how have you been doing?
1: Pretty good. Um, I haven't seen a lot of movies, but I did rewatch Children of Men recently. And that is just such a fucking good movie.
0: It is, yeah. Um, the year... Whichever, whichever year it was that it came out, I didn't... 2006. S- 2006. Oh, so the same year as Bon Cop, Bad Cop.
1: There you go. Yeah, right.
0: But I think at the end of the year, right?
1: <laughs> and the apocalypse loomed over everyone. Yeah.
0: I think I, I caught um, Children of Men, like, at the... It feels like it was the end of the year or the beginning of the next year when it yeah, was... I d- yeah, I didn't see it when it came out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I was kind of kicking myself for... Uh, not having seen it earlier. um and you cause see I it in theaters? Or? I, I, did, I did end up okay, seeing it in theaters, like nice. in a second run showing. Okay. But um, to my recollection, it, it it didn't get a lot of traction when it was first out.
1: Yeah, that yeah. seems to be the case. Yeah,
0: but it is, uh, yeah, that's a excellent movie.
1: Like, it's just Im- impeccable. I, I really can't see any faults in it, I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I have to add to that. But then, yeah, it's really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But just the, the music selection and...
0: Yeah, I've got the soundtrack, which I've listened to quite a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. and the um, the score is quite good as well, this guy named John Tabner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mo- mainly just one, one piece of his music that's used throughout. But yeah, it just, it just creates such an interesting world. And there's actually, um, uh, I, th- I think he's a friend of Tony's, uh, another YouTube channel called The Nerd Writer. Have you seen any of his videos, do you know? No. Okay. He um he does mostly movie stuff as well, but he does he'll he'll do a poem or or um an a painting or whatever. But um he did one on children of men and how Coron like focuses on the background in his movies. And he does and he does that in Ichimama Chambien as well. Um, I don't know I I don't know, I can't recall Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban. but and then Gravity's mo more or less just a two person movie but um he like he focuses on the main characters but then all of a sudden the camera will just drift off into a crowd of people that are like screaming about trying to enter into the uk because they're they're these illegal immigrants or um he'll just like like gravitate towards some statue or something and or or these people lying on the ground and um i i just love how he expands the world of his movies through adding in those secondary elements, I guess, um, and it just makes them so much more rewatchable. I think because because there's just so many things happening all at once. Mm. Have you ever
0: rewatched Gravity? Do you think he does? Uh, I, ha- I actually haven't. I,
1: no. I, I saw it in IMAX when it came out, but I haven't gone back to it. Mm. Yeah. I, I'd like to, but
0: yeah, I haven't watched. I haven't rewatched. Gravity either, but um yeah, I do like most of his movies. Um and I'm not sure why I said most, maybe all of his movies. Mm-hmm. I even um, um I think the first movie of his that I saw was A Little Princess. Mm. Um and that I haven't seen that. Oh, yet. that that is excellent too. Mm. Um there was like there was like a time in the nineties when I think it was Warner Brothers. They're they're trying to do like children's stories um with like these uh like prominent European directors oh and um I guess he's Mexican oh yeah I guess not yeah. okay I guess Just prominent non-American directors yeah, yeah. yeah uh and that it seemed to be a failure but um, there was like a there was that was one quality move that came out of it for sure okay
1: yeah and then didn't he do some adaptation as well something with Gwyneth Paltrow
0: yes uh, great expectations yeah Actually, I haven't seen that so maybe I should yeah um how about you man how are you doing Oh, I'm doing doing all right. It's been busy days. Yeah. Um I, I recently came back from a um, little vacation time in Japan. Yeah. And uh, it's it's harder to s- for me it's harder to sleep on the plane now because um the entertainment system usually is really good <laughs> and like and suddenly I'm, I feel like I'm going to binge watch a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that'll that'll like take me through the 9-hour flight. Um before I would like just turn on Whatever was available and and instantly fall asleep, but yeah. it's just like the like the the video systems are better and the selection is better. Yeah, um, and um, so I, I was um, I was flying um, Air Canada, which uh, it's not an intentional plug for them, but um, <laughs> I mean uh, you know the Canadian uh, airline. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like they had a selection of like first episodes of things, so I, yeah, could, yeah, I yeah. could watch like the first episodes of uh, Westworld and uh, oh nice. Uh, Nirvana, the Nirvana, the band, of the show. And, Did you watch that? Yeah, nice. Um, but I also saw things like, um, like they had, they already had um, like Moonlight and La La Land and all these, yeah, like yeah. all these recent movies available. Um, and uh, Bright Lights, the the documentary about uh, Carrie Fisher and and Debbie Reynolds, that was on HBO. Mm. Um, but uh, a notable thing uh, was that they had the new. Kelly Record movie, certain women, certain women, yeah, and um, and they had Bon Cop Bad Cop Two available, which both of which
1: haven't actually screened. They had, yeah, they the hadn't the screened
0: segment. yet. So, but yeah. when I saw Bon Cop Bad Cop Two, it, that just led me to think, like, oh, they must have made one that didn't, that wasn't any good, and it was directly went to, to streaming or, or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, but it was interesting. It was available on. Air Canada, yeah. Like a couple of weeks before its uh, theatrical release. Very curious. So,
1: yeah. Maybe try and get some, some uh, word of mouth going. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a weird release yeah. plan.
0: But um, yeah, no. I, the, I was
1: reading today that the new Bon cop, bad cop, they're releasing in like, over two hundred screens this weekend, which I think is more than any Canadian movie in history.
0: Really? Yeah. Just two hundred is is a well, is a two, like two hundred screens
1: in Canada. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which seems like a lot. I guess, I guess like you hear about a major release is like three thousand screens in yeah, North America, but there's so many more movie theaters in the u
1: s so that' I, that's so many true. more people yeah,
0: that's true like relative to the population there's there's what
1: like three hundred and fifty million people in the states
0: it sounds right think, yeah yeah i take
1: i I take your word for it yeah, so that's roughly one theater per every. Yeah, hundred thousand people.
0: Yeah. Well, if we have like, if we say the Vancouver area, if we just assign a number to it for for the sake of this argument, if let's say ten screens. Yeah. Let's say every major city center has ten screens. Yeah. Um. So when you say two hundred screens, that that means it's 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 in twenty cities in Canada. Yeah. So yeah. So compared to the U.S., it's it's quite a small market. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just making up those numbers. I don't know if. I don't know if there's only 20 cities worth having movie theaters in Canada.
1: Probably not. Probably, you'd have more. Maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just even th- I'm thinking in Ontario, there's like all the suburbs around the city that yeah. still have pretty sizable populations.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: But 200 screens,
0: I guess. Um, but it's, but yeah. Way?
1: So, I, or another way to put it in terms of the math, it would be roughly a factor of 10 less screens than a wide release in the States and canada's population is roughly a factor of 10 less so it's so it's i would say it's comparable
0: in terms of population size but anyway that's a good way to put it yeah yeah nice there you go math on your side (laughs) um so everyone so everyone should have seen bond cop bad cop 2 yeah but i don't really want to talk about that movie so let's
1: just talk about nirvana the band the show instead (laughs) (laughs) uh if you want to
0: talk about it briefly yeah (laughs) i'm curious what you think uh I thought it was very funny, Yeah, but um, I, I think it is, it, it feels more like it's obviously staged than kind of accidentally, accident, accidentally staged. Right. Yeah, um, like there's, there's certain things that they, that they, certain troubles that they get into, which um, you, you, you kind of, I kind of think like, well, there's, there's no way that that would have happened except that it was scripted for that to happen.
1: Yeah. So, did you see the first two episodes?
0: No, just the first one episode.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of,
0: of stuff that happens in the first episode. Um, they well, that's they, they get their photos done at the, yeah. the band photos done at Sears. Yeah. And then they they have the big um, billboard across the street from the uh, from the um, the
1: banner. Menu. Yeah. 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 So, like when they when they get when they talk to the guy in the in the library, mm. and he and he tells them to go to Sears. Um, apparently they had to get that out of him. Okay. They had to be like, oh, like, what about Sears? And he was like, Sears? Sears? <laughs> so they were able to edit that together. Yeah. But um, um, they go back to the library a lot for, for different scenes because I guess it's just easy to get people to talk to you in a library. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, I, I guess I'm just thinking like when they're actually putting the banner up um, or, or, or like the phone call. With the guy like that, that, I don't think that's scripted. Where okay, he's that just could like, be. Uh, buh, uh, no, that could be real. Yeah, I, yeah.
0: Could, I take that, that stuff could be real. Stuff like the the embarrassing mistake in the photo. Yeah. Uh, like, there's no oh, way that. Oh no. no yeah, that's all yeah, scripted. Yeah. Right. Anything, anything, but anything that happens
1: to the two of them is 100 percent scripted. Yeah. But everything, any, like any any reactions that they get out of people are genuine, hmm. and um, but they go to
0: the they go to the venue so many times too, and they like give yeah. their 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 tapes to the waitress and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, uh, I wonder if at some point they just like people knew of their presence because they're always hanging out. There's there's like a camera lurking around the corner while, whenever they're hanging out. So yeah, they
1: they actually don't beyond the first two episodes. They really they don't go back to the venue like ever. Oh, okay. it, it becomes a whole other thing. Like they go to the Sundance Film Festival and um. They rob a bank, and there's all kinds of stuff that goes uh, down. Okay. That
0: was a very funny show. I, I yeah. would, uh, I'd catch more episodes uh, uh, when I have time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's good. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bond Cop, Bad Cop. Okay, let's go to Bon Cop, Bad Cop, yeah. which uh, was released in 2006, we already mentioned. Yes. We should at some point just look at uh, 2006 because uh, that number comes up a little. It comes up often, and it seems like a really good year for movies. You know what yeah. else came out in 2006? The Descent, which I uh, oh, saw nice. the other night at the Rio with uh, director Neil Marshall in attendance. Yeah, um, That so would have been awesome, dude. I'm, I'm sad I missed that. Yeah, I'm sad you missed it too. Yeah. I think you would have enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but good, good movies coming out in 2006. I think
1: 2007 is overall a better year.
0: Uh, I don't know. We'd have to look at, we'd have to look at the numbers. Yeah. Casino Royale is two thousand six.
1: Yeah, but No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's a bunch of stuff in there that I'm, I can't think of. But I know I know that um, of of the I guess of the podcast I listen to, people talk a lot about nineteen ninety nine and two thousand seven, okay, as being particularly good years. Huh?
0: All right, uh, but. Two thousand six could be good.
1: I, I think most years are pretty good for movies. Like, there's just a lot of good movies.
0: That's generally true. You you could always find movies that that really like uh, stand out. Yeah, and I them. think the more distance
1: you get from a particular year, the more opportunity you see you have to see stuff that might have gone
0: under the radar. And yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, for example, Bond Cop, Bad Cop, uh, which I I knew about when it came out. It had a lot of Um, marketing behind it 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 turned out to be the movie that would beat porkies for the box office record of like highest grossing canadian made movie Uh, So having
1: seen porkies and bon cop bad cop uh
0: am i say that it's
1: deserving of the honor of of
0: having beat out (laughs) porkies no i would say no i would say I, i i I wouldn't believe that this movie makes more money would make more money than Porky's. Yeah. I'm, I'm now, surprised Are those by
1: that. are those inflation adjusted dollars? Probably not.
0: I would imagine that Porky's
1: probably made about the same amount of money in like nineteen seventies dollars. Or meaning meaning they actually made the same amount of total money, not adjusted for inflation.
0: That'd be my guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if so. Sure. Porky's made my, a lot more. That's money. my guess. If we adjusted it for inflation, we think yeah. it made more money. Yeah, I think that is plausible. Okay, so just uh, some of the basic stats on the movie, I guess. Uh, Bond Cop, Bad Cop. Directed by Eric Canwell. Uh, the writers are Leela Basin, Alex Epstein, Kevin Tierney, and Patrick Huard, who is uh, one of the main actors in it. And he's credited with the original idea. Right. Patrick Huard. Okay. Uh, an idea that we have to take apart. Yeah, probably.
1: and what is original about this movie... We will also have to put into question. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the main stars are uh, Patrick Howard and Colm Fiore. They're, uh, they're cops on, on either side of... Uh,
1: well, the, they're on, the, on either side of the Anglo-Franco border. divide. Yeah. Okay. put it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's just assumed that English people and French people hate each other in this
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just immediately. Yeah. And uh they are investigating a murder and it uh it leads them to this um a serial killer who is targeting people who do who are connected with professional hockey um yeah. in like the uh in the business sense. Yeah. And and so they Except uh, It's not the NHL. No. And it seemed like there were Two different acronyms for this made-up league. Yeah. I think there was a CHL and then there was a something else. I wasn't paying. attention Let's get back to that, in a to that. Um, it, So it's a it's a it's a cop movie. Is it? Did you think it was a funny cop movie or a serious cop movie? It was both,
1: the, but it was both, but it was neither.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt. It was. It couldn't decide which way it was going to go, yeah. or it couldn't quite sell the comedic aspect or the serious aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, just in terms of tone, like
1: the movie opens with with a murder scene that is just shot in like so many extreme closeups and with just the most disgusting color filters that you've ever seen in some sort of dimly lit layer. And, you know, there's hockey playing in the background
0: but it's just like so, it feels like a Saw movie. Yeah, I didn't like the visual aesthetic of it at all. Um, no. Because like, there's, like in recent times, the visual style of that, that, that filmmakers seem to go to is this kind of like a blue tint yeah um
1: and, and but this one was kind of greeny yellowy. yeah
0: it, it like really pushed it like it was yeah. like it's so c- blue, blue and green is cool now, but it's going to be like this ugly blue and like yeah. pissy yellow and yeah. yeah, so it just felt really ugly yeah and um, I had the same reaction to the opening scene it was it just it I, uh it seemed like we were in for something that was going to be like really dark and yeah. uh and but, bloody.
1: But like the way that it had been sold to me previously was that it was this goofy buddy cop movie mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, so it just immediately threw me off and then from there I never really got back on so to speak. Oh, okay. I,
0: I think I gave it um, At least like the first act to try to win me over yeah. But I yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do it after like 20 minutes. It was just uh, the sort of half-hearted comedic aspects weren't uh, connecting with me no and then whenever it went to like the 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 murder plot and the serial killer um i was just not invested because the other thing too is i think the crime plot it seems to be written in a way that it's it's a lot of inside jokes or something for the hockey community yeah um and i thought it was kind of hard to follow because i i didn't have any um, I, didn't, well, I didn't know who the victims were, or I didn't know who, why we should care who the victims were.
1: Yeah, so I, I got the general sense that it was referring to the Quebec Nordiques being sold to, uh, I think it was the Colorado Rockies. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or Quebec Nordiques were sold to Colorado, and then they changed their name to the Rockies because it wouldn't make sense for an American team to have a French name. And so, yeah, it was just, like, the the serial killer was just pissed off that that had happened. Except that it was happening in the current day, and that clearly happened, what, in the 80s?
0: Maybe. Yeah, I don't... But it happened a long time ago that the Nordiques were sold. Yeah, but it's, um, yeah, it's coming out of this, it's coming out of this place where it's about hockey fan frustration. Yeah. um, And... uh, um, it seems like you have to be on the inside to, like, really get that. Because yeah. otherwise, it is just, like, you, you, you hear about... You just see scenes of, like, business people who are being tortured and killed. Uh, and then their bodies are found yeah. in, like, a, a hockey-themed murder scene. Yeah. Um, and then there's banter between the cops until the next scene comes up. So there's not... Uh, and then at some point, they decide, well, we have to... Um, not protect like the 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 league president or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, but they kind of figure that he's going to be the next target, and then, and then that whole interaction with like are they protecting him or warning him is also, it it seems like uh, it's not really done very effectively. No, I'm going to guess that you uh, didn't like the movie too much. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Not not at all. There was I liked one scene, so I was actually thinking on the way over here that. There's the saying of, like, if you can't say something nice about something, don't say anything at all. And I was thinking, like, yeah, I just really have nothing good to say about this movie. Except I did remember that there's one scene that I liked.
0: Okay. But we'll get to that later. All right. I can't quite recommend Bon Cop, Bad Cop either. So. I don't know who could. But it's the highest. It was, uh, for a time, the highest uh, box office reigning movie. But, so. like, I would just I would
1: just love to, like, watch it with someone who actually thought it was funny. Mm-hmm because i just don't i don't get it like i'm i'm just thinking of the scene where they go into the the serial killer's lair and they find another body and then and then the one guy goes into the basement and finds the grow up the marijuana grow up and he triggers a an alarm system that basically just blows the house up except that now all of the weed plants have caught on fire and so they get super stoned and then because there's this fire and dead bodies and stuff they get in trouble with their with their captain but they're just they're just laughing it up the whole time like i don't know i guess maybe that scene could be funny but just the way that it pans out i just i was just like completely stone-faced like i just couldn't get any enjoyment out of it Mm -hmm. and that and that should be like the comedic high point of the movie if, if it, it's a good joke and I don't think it is a good joke but well, if, if there's think, a way to make it funny that should yeah. be the scene that, that
0: everyone is just like hooting and hollering and like oh right. my god well I, I think there's a couple of to, uh, couple of setups for like a big comedy beat and it just doesn't sell it it just yeah. can't quite reach it um, yeah. the way that this movie is, is put together um, and I guess by the way listeners we're just gonna um, we're not gonna hold back in terms of um, talking about the specific details I think we're just yeah. gonna go for it um, yeah. So, if you're I don't really think this movie <laughs> cares enough about its own story that you should <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, be concerned you could, about spoiling it I don't think there's a surprise that is critical to the movie but if you didn't want it ruined for you uh, check it out before you listen to the rest um,
1: yeah so the one thing that I thought was funny was when um, they're at the hockey stadium for the press conference which I don't know what the press conference was about but it had something to do with a, a person who was Of smaller stature that was also going to be the next victim. And in order for the serial killer or the serial killer's henchman, I guess, to kidnap this guy, he went in under the disguise of being in like the mascot costume. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, and just the, just the way that when he's when he's in the mirror and he's like, "Oh, are you talking to me? Are you talking?" Right. <laughs> like he's doing the Robert De Niro thing, but in a massive yeah. um, mascot costume. I thought it was pretty funny.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad you brought that scene up because I I think it is like potential has potential for comedy. Yeah, but I think they blow it because um, like after that press conference scene. They know the killer is in the is in the costume yeah. and so they're trying to lead him out somewhere so that they can uh, get him away from the crowds right and so they're letting him uh one of the cops is is letting the mascot follow him around the building mm-hmm. and at one point he has to like go down these stairs and he's and he's looks he looks for like as giant mascot feet and he's like oh i can't quite navigate the stairs so like something could have come out of that scene but they but they don't do it Yeah. They, like, they can't do a scene with that. So he goes back to the elevator. Yeah. Um, there's also, when you're talking about the, uh, when he does the uh, De Niro impression in the mirror, um, the fact that he's like holding a gun in like giant mascot mitts is another thing that like they could have used it to some kind of comedic effect, but they don't. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's just like all these, all these crumbs lying around that, uh, that they're not cleaning up. Yeah, I don't know. Um okay so the the short guy who's like the league president or whatever, did you did you catch that his name was Butman? Yeah. And that's that's a variation on a real person, Gary Bettman?
1: Okay. I did not catch that. Okay. But is uh, Gary Bettman Gary the president Bettman.
0: of the NHL or uh I forget. I or he's like the president of the players union or something. Okay. Or no. He was I think he whatever the opposite of the union is the union leader for the players. Gary Bettman was on the other side. The league, then. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think. And there was like some there was some dispute about wages for a long time. Okay. So again, it's like this hockey fan thing. Like if you if you hate Bettman, then make a character and call him Butman. Yeah. It, it seems like completely childish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's childish. Yeah, but and it, and it's not even a joke. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, and I, I just, I just feel like the comedy would maybe work better if it wasn't within the context of this intensely violent and um, like very grotesque movie. Because the, the, like the murders and and everything that's going on around the buddy cop
0: elements are just like hard to watch. Hmm. And I thought the villain. Um... There's two villains. Um, yeah. I thought the villains were completely non-threatening. Yeah, um, and also <laughs> and also uninteresting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when you find out like who the um, the mastermind of the of the crimes was, he's he's like a, a hockey nerd or something. Yeah, but it's just he just he's he just on screen and it's like the most unimpressive presence. And no, I, I know. I don't know if that was, again, I don't know if it's, it was supposed to be a joke or not, but it's just, you're, you're, you're wanting him to either be comedic or be menacing. And yeah. he's neither. Yeah. He's just like this annoying guy on screen. Um,
1: yeah. And yet, and yet he gets into a fist fight with both of the cops later in the movie. And you're supposed to expect that he can like manhandle both of these dudes. And it's just like, no, you're a fucking scrawny little idiot. Like, yeah.
0: It just doesn't make any sense. No, no. If you want to talk action scenes, did you like any of the action scenes? Um, I'm thinking of... Uh, there was a the big bar brawl. Yeah. Um, there was the chase through the hockey arena.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I liked any of them because... Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking of that bar bar brawl in particular where, you know, the one guy... Fior's character is is initially getting overpowered by these guys but he had said that you know he wants to do it on his own kind of thing um and then and then the other guy's like you know you know like you know i set the rules like i i i take care of the fights because i guess like people from quebec are better at fighting or something that's probably the joke and so he takes over the fight and then and then he needs help but Comfior won't help him and it just seems like the the characterizations of both of them were just very inconsistent because like it doesn't seem like either of them would or, or 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 if if the one guy would would step back and let Comfior kind of scramble for a few minutes just to prove a point then when when he's in trouble i don't feel like Comfior's character would just stand there and do nothing because he's like the He's the very diligent cop that wants to make sure that the bad guy gets gets his due or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so to just let let his partner potentially die because he's being choked by a chair leg and it looks quite painful and yet he has no marks after the fact um,
0: is just is just bizarre. Yeah. And yeah, just so.
1: inconsistent, I guess. Yeah.
0: The detail on the chair leg, I, I agree with. There's other parts of that fight too, which seem like really violent, yeah. except... It's supposed to be. Kholmfjord gets a glass shattered over his head at one yeah. point, and and he's no not bleeding at all. It's like it's like they were supposed to make a comedic bar fight, but they just all they knew how to do was like these like really, um, really violent kind of um, like they shot it in a way that just that was like super real and violent. Yeah, and then they make jokes afterwards. Yeah. to, to even it. I'm up.
1: I'm thinking of um, the guest. Okay, remember that bar fight?
0: Yeah. Where um, the where one, um, the one where it starts with him like throwing the Tabasco drink in his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then,
1: oh, no, no. I think they just throw a normal drink in his face, and then he, but then he orders the Tabasco drink, and and pours it in one guy's face. Uh, but then he orders them. I think he calls them like cum shots or something like that. But they're just like creamy, liquidy drinks, and he orders them for these guys, and then and then like piece of shit of them. But that just I, I can't remember the specifics of what made me laugh in that scene, but it definitely made me laugh multiple times. Mm. And but it's also
0: just a well-staged fight scene, mm-hmm. and a, and a brutal one. Yeah, but one that pays off in terms of um, being funny, yeah. and you care about who's involved with the fight. Yeah, I didn't care who was involved with the bar fight. Yeah, yeah, and that's and I think it comes to, it comes back to the characterizations of these two cops. Neither of them is the bond cop or the bad cop. No, they're the same cop. Yeah, and they're like, they're kind of gruff, and they both are dedicated to their jobs at the detriment of their family life, and they both have a soft side. Yeah, well, so Kholmfjør
1: at the beginning of the movie will not put someone in a trunk. But then later in the movie, he will. Yeah. That's his character arc. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's well defined.
0: <laughs> but, that, but that's
1: the extent to which they're different. Yeah. They're, At yeah. the beginning of the movie, Kohlmfjörg will not put someone in a, in, a, in a trunk. Yeah. But then he still lets the guy do it. Yeah.
0: Um, and they're both bilingual. Yeah. They're both fluently bi- bilingual. So that's not even like um, a, a, a point of, Conflict retention no yeah and then and then, like one of the quote unquote
1: jokes in the movie is just an extended sequence of the French character explaining to the English character what different profanity means, It's just like, man, that's hilarious like, what <laughs> that 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 probably took out ninety seconds of screen time, oh yeah, in a two hour yeah. movie, yeah, it's like why
0: <laughs> I don't I, I think the because I think the movie caters a lot to these stereotypes about Quebec culture versus Angliculture. Yeah. And, and one of them is like, uh, you know, how uh, the Québécois swear, right? Yeah. yeah. But we saw and reviewed a movie, got
1: about a year ago now, My Internship in Canada. Yeah. That is a satire about Canadian culture and the, the conflicts between Anglophones and Francophones and... Um, you know stereotypes and all of that stuff. It it gets all of that right, and it's funny, and it also provides an outsider's perspective. And I, like, there's just so much more nuance to that movie, and it also happens to star Patrick Huard, and he's yeah, I think he's quite funny in that movie. I agree, but it just doesn't work here. Like it, I th- and I think I think a lot of it comes down to again just how brutal and disgusting it is. Hmm. In contrast to this like the satirical elements that they're trying to portray.
0: Hmm. I did laugh in in one of the early scenes when uh, when they find the first body, um, and it's, it's between the border between the provinces. And when they when they accidentally split the body, I I laughed.
1: Yes, yeah, I just thought that was like way over the top, gross. For yeah, this, yeah. For, for, for like a cop. Movie. Well, I thought it was. I guess at that and, point, and they and they fell what like forty feet. I don't know if it was 40 feet.
0: Maybe it was 20 feet. 20 feet? Yeah. yeah. Onto their backs? Like, that would be extremely painful. Yeah. And again, they just walk away. Um, I, I guess I, at that point, I thought it was going to be um, like an over-the-top comedy. Yeah. Right? But uh, the tone just didn't, they didn't get the right tone. And no. I think that was the last time I laughed in the movie. It's, uh, it was like, you know, five minutes in. So. Um, I, I kind of laughed when
1: he jumped onto the car at the end, too, because that was just so ridiculous.
0: Oh, I kind of groaned at that one because it was cause, really dumb. Yeah, it was really dumb, and yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about those kind of stunts because, like they can work in some movies. Like, I'm thinking of the Fast and Furious movies. Hmm. The stunts in those movies are literally insane. Like, there's one where Paul Walker is in the driver's section of like a long tour bus, and it's teetering on a cliff. And he jumps out of the driver's window, climbs onto the top of the bus, and then runs along the bus as it's teetering off of the cliff, and just as it flips off the cliff, he, like, jumps and grabs the cliff. It's amazing. It's just, but it's so stupid <laughs> and, like, so outlandish and absurd, but for some reason I I love it, and I think it's just such a perfect stunt in that movie, and, it, like, it's obviously all green-screened and not real and whatnot, but yeah I, I, it just didn't work at all in this movie
0: and and the movie sorry the and the stunt in this movie doesn't have like that that big of a staging uh, yeah. compared to the one that you described but yeah it doesn't like he has to run he has to run alongside a car that's speeding away first <laughs> and somehow he can get in front of it to jump on top of it is, yeah. yeah it just it was a bit too much for me to buy
1: yeah and then the bad guy explodes at the end. <laughs>
0: Yeah, considering all the other body parts that we've seen and that we saw in the movie, um, yeah. that was that was the least offensive, I think. Yeah. <sighs> um, can I? Uh, I just wanted to point out a couple of things that bothered me. Stylistic things, like we yeah. we, we talked a little bit about how the the, the plotting and uh, the characterization. I was really distracted by some of the, um, um, like filmmaking touches, in the movie. Yeah, uh, and. Maybe the one that uh, sticks out to me the most was uh, after, they, um, after the two cops, they have this uh, dinner scene. And then it looks like they've, they've just gone to sleep. Yeah. And you see um, Patrick Ward's character, he's, uh, he's having sex with um, uh, Comfiore's character's sister. Yeah. Right? And, and at the same time, Comfiore's character comes out of the bedroom and he hears a noise. Yeah. And you see an intruder coming into into uh, a house. Yeah, the way that they cut that is it, to build tension. Um, they may, they imply that they're in the same house. The, yeah. these three scenes are in the same house, um, and that's that's manufactured completely through the editing. Yeah, because they're not in the same place. Yeah, so um, that kind of a cheat bothered me.
1: Um, I I yeah I, I I almost wonder whether that was necessarily used to build tension. Or if it is just bad editing, because I, I, the whole time I was like, why can't they hear the fight that's going on outside of the bedroom? Yeah. Like, what is going on? Why are these people, like, they can't be having sex that loudly that they can't
0: hear it. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually thought like that, this idea of, um, of cutting between the two scenes. So, so Confior's character gets into a fight with Intruder. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then uh, Patrick Ward and uh, this woman are having sex. I thought it was interesting that they cut them so that they seem to be mimicking the same motions, um, like um, the actors are moving in the in the same way, but it was in these uh, completely different scenarios. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, mm-hmm. but it's only interesting as an editing exercise. Yeah, like I don't think it um, I don't think it does anything to like comment on the plot. Yeah, I don't think it it, it comments on like the different things the characters are going through. Yeah um, it is just to show off the editing yeah. and, and, it's, and this trick to, to make you think that they're in the same space, which they're not. Yeah. And then the third thing that bothered me about, about the sequence that they, they did this kind of a transition between the scenes where you saw you saw the, you saw the uh, image just for like a few frames overexposed yeah. and then it cuts to the next thing um, which instead of just a clean cut. Um, so it, it's like a, for me, it's like a visual cue to say that there's there's more of a gap between these two things. Like there could have been a, a time difference between the things that you're seeing, yeah. but they but they do this. Uh, they just they just use that technique, um, this little flash and cut thing, a couple of times to to transition between uh, the two houses. Again, for what effect? It's just a distraction. So yeah. so so in this one scene, there's three elements that I find completely distracting to what the scene's about.
1: Yeah, and then. When they when Comfiore like oh like now we got to go check on my sister and all of a sudden now you find out that it's in a different place, then again it's just another instance where you go from this brutal violence of the of the of the son in this family like attacking this guy and then and then the next the next scene they you know what's his nuts Patrick Huard opens the door and he's wearing like a weird mask and.
0: And like a feather hat yeah. or something, yeah. yeah.
1: Feathers and stuff, and it's meant to be oh, like, oh, look at this! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the 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 technique of the filmmakers is just to like have uh, an intense action beat and then a and a silly beat, and they just they put them next to each other, Um and it doesn't automatically work. No, in fact, I think it's the
1: opposite of working. Like that, that should just be sort of evident that it's
0: it wouldn't work or it, it takes it takes a bit more planning and, and skill to make it work yeah than, than just dropping them next to each other
1: yeah. yeah I don't know I guess I'm thinking of like Quentin Tarantino he's got a lot of brutal violence in his movies and a lot of comedy what makes his movies work and or or at least the juxtaposition of those two things
0: uh I think you'd have to look at specific sort of specific examples to like really analyze that but just um, my first impulse would be characterization. Yeah. I think I think if you if you make a character that is interesting and you care about that character, you can follow that character through through intense scenes and then and then feel the relief of a comedic beat. Yeah. And I think it just I I think you I think it just registers better. Like mm-hmm. when you can take a breath. Like oh, you you know you saw that character go through this brutal fight, and then they crack a joke, and you're like oh well okay they're okay. Mm-hmm. If you don't care about the characters because it's a, it, they're just ciphers to uh, kind of um, an un, un, unoriginal plot. It doesn't really matter that they're in danger or uh, or not in danger, right?
1: Do you speak French?
0: Un peu. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um like most West Coast Canadians, I I did uh some years of study, but uh didn't really practice it at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like I can carry on a conversation in French, but if I'm watching a French movie, I can't just naturally like and comfortably understand what they're saying. Like I can pick out what's going on, but I can't get the nuance of every word that's said, so I do end up reading the subtitles most of the time. Oh, okay and i don't know like do you think do you think that it's possible that we just don't get this movie because of the nuance of the language or do you think or do you think we would get more enjoyment out of it having a full bilingual understanding of everything every word that's
0: being said mm. that's interesting i don't know um i guess somebody uh, our listeners in quebec will have to uh, speak up um if they uh if they feel that way um but the plot is still kind of nothing yeah and and uh you know the i don't know i don't know if if there's enough if there's enough uh fun in the language of the movie that that audience has gravitated toward it I, I guess maybe then we really did miss it we yeah we can't appreciate it the same way mm-hmm. uh i don't know if that's the case
1: yeah yeah um yeah i, I don't necessarily think so either but um, I think it's just something to consider. Yeah. But um, one um, one element that I definitely wanted to touch on as well is the, the treatment of women in the movie, mm-hmm. specifically the the bar scene, because you, you you know they they wander into this bar that uh, where the servers are like it's it seems like it's kind of a strip club but not quite a strip club but like the servers are. Essentially topless and then wearing like tassel type things mm-hmm. on their nipples. Um, and then the, the bartender is an older woman. Um, and at one point, the, so, so Comfiore is interrogating these people in the bar. I don't know why.
0: They were looking for a helicopter pilot. Right. Yeah. Connected. Yeah, yeah, to because, the, that yeah, that because someone had to drop
1: scene. the body onto the sign. And somehow it didn't flop onto either side. Um, yeah, so he's talking to this helicopter pilot. And the pilot is talking to the bartender. And he makes some lewd comment about her sexual proclivities or something like that. And Confiore is like, hey, show the woman some respect. I mean, he says it in French. but So on the surface, it's like, oh, great. Like, this, this movie's respectful of women. But then literally the next cut, literally the next cut is to Patrick Huard's character, just kind of observing this happening. And the server, the bartender server is framed in the foreground and all you can see are her nipple tassels. Just, that's just all that's that. Like it, it literally fills like one third of the frame. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I don't recall the detail. But and yeah. so I just I, I I guess I guess it's like a visual, it's like visual irony because mm. it's like they're trying to send this particular message, but then it completely contradicts itself in in in
0: how it's portrayed. Yeah. But then, um, but you're saying unintentional irony? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. <laughs> um, or it could be like you know the English guy respects women and the French guy doesn't. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> um and then they're at the helicopter hangar and the the woman behind the desk is just enamored with patrick huard's character for some reason who knows why i mean like i guess he's attractive but like he's also just kind of scruffy and gross in this movie so i don't know i i i wouldn't say that like women should be falling all over him or whatever but this woman is justifiably so she's she's attracted to him and is just kind of making eyes at him throughout the scene and whatnot and then at the end of the scene he asks or she asks for his number in case she her her excuse for that is in case she thinks of any additional clues or whatever but obviously she just wants to ask him out and it's just, it's just, it's just like I feel like a really cruel scene because like this woman isn't at the same level of attraction, let's say, as he is, and so he just kind of looks at her as like, oh, like this just this ugly person, like I'm not gonna go out with her. So like, and so he gives her the number nine one one, and she's just like, oh, ha ha ha. But it's just like, it's just this stupid joke about an ugly person. Like I just don't get it. And and it's not as if she's like that ugly, but it's just she's not like. She doesn't conform to conventional conventional ideals of beauty in terms of you know how skinny she is or or whatever, and so it's just immediately assumed that this hotshot cop would blow her off. Like I don't get that.
0: Hmm. Well, that that character didn't register as ugly for me, um, so I just I just took it as he was not interested in. But yeah,
1: yeah, but I took his I took his like because if if she were more attractive, he would have been like oh yeah for sure like here's my number right like I don't get it.
0: Did he do that other at other instances in the movie?
1: I don't necessarily. I don't know that he necessarily did that. But like, what's the point of her doing that if not for it to be played as a joke about
0: mm. her looks? Okay, I like don't. I, don't, I didn't. Find, I didn't read it as a joke about her looks. But I mean, but I, but his character, Patrick Howard's character, being like this very, um, um like overwhelmingly attractive to women character i wonder if that comes out of who originated the story
1: yeah yeah that's true so and then also with comfior's sister again she's just over the moon at by this (laughs) with this guy like she just she just can't get enough of him and he's like he's telling a story about what he's how he got shot Mm -hmm. in the line of duty and she just she just literally can't get enough of it, and is just just like can't wait to get back to her apartment. Except we never actually see them get to the apartment, so we think that they're still in Comfiere's house. But that's a whole other problem. Again, it's like like she doesn't she she barely exists in the movie except for an opportunity for him to be worshipped and, and ogled at. Hmm. And yeah, there there like there's functionally no other like those are the three female characters in the movie. Yeah, that's it.
0: Uh, there's one more, actually, which um, I'm glad you kind of brought this up. Um, Patrick Ford's wife, ex-wife. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so his character um, has, a, has a young daughter. Yeah. So there's another female character. Right. Um, who's who's uh, put into jeopardy, um, and that's also problematic.
1: So... When <laughs> It's like anytime you try and mention one thing, it's like <laughs> holy shit. There's a whole other okay, but host the, of problems. When when his daughter gets kidnapped,
0: um, again, this 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 um, the way that this movie can't play the, the the serious stuff against the against the comedic stuff yeah. very well. Uh, after the daughter gets kidnapped, we have to go. We have to we have a scene where we go to his house, and we have to listen to the wife crying. It seems like it goes on for five minutes, and I yeah. just thought, like, fuck, this movie does not deserve to take the audience here no. and suffer this. Especially because it's all like it's also pitched at
1: such a level that you know that this child will never be in any legitimate danger.
0: Yeah, but they but they get to have the scene, and you get to hear this this woman who is just um, you know whose whose psyche is just shredded because of the fact that she's lost her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> just for the it, why is it there? It, it is just for the scene so that Patrick Howard's character can be like nurturing. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, I, I'm actually glad that you reminded me Sorry, of the wife maybe character. Maybe I should say comforting. Maybe not nurturing. That was yeah. wrong word. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you reminded me of the of the ex-wife character as well because there, that's another instance of just poor treatment of women in this movie. Because like the, uh, the, the movie opens after the after the opening murder scene, it cuts to them having breakfast and um yeah he just makes some comment about her tits and then she's like oh like, why don't you go play cops and robbers like, yeah i forgot about that yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. just like why why are you like yeah i guess like all the, all the other guys like your tits oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay
1: it's it's just a very juvenile
0: it is. Yeah, yeah treatment
1: yeah. of of women and yeah, yeah. I, just, I just did not like that but Although I, actually another scene that I did kind of like was was when he goes to the recital for his daughter mm-hmm. and is like and he's kind like super of gesturing along with the oh. with the dance moves yeah. and, and is very excited for her. I, I thought that I thought that was a
0: good character moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, for this one. Yeah, um, anything? Uh, any any moments that stood out uh, as um, especially Canadian moments? I'm referring to our glass that's in our. Own are uh, on a website about uh, recurring tropes in canadian movies
1: um the bilingual nature of it yeah
0: like um almost too uh too exaggeration in this movie
1: yeah yeah i would imagine it's mm, like a, it it definitely exists within like the mul- montreal culture i think more mm-hmm. than more than other parts of, of canada but or and actually new brunswick i guess like moncton where where the language is like literally split, um, hockey.
0: Yeah, for sure, hockey. Lots of hockey. Yeah. Oh, something that just uh, if I could just um, a s- side tangent right here. Yeah. Um, the hockey thing. I think I don't care about the murders and the whole hockey plot because the the plotting of uh, what the serial killer is after is delivered in the background of scenes. Like you only yeah. hear about it on the on the radio on the TV that's playing in the background. Yeah. Like nobody actually. Um, it's never put into the foreground what that's about. It's just like you hear it in the background, and that's why I don't care that a bureaucrat in the hockey league got killed. Yeah, and I think I think it's just um, a scripting problem that yeah. they don't know how to make you interested in the in the crime. Anyway, um, there's a lot of this. Uh, there's there's uh, very recogni- recognizable skyline shots. Yeah, CN Tower and other things. Um, and then uh, Rick Mercer's in it. TV personality. Can, yeah. Yeah. Marijuana, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Almost more so than beer, I guess. It's more prominent than beer in this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Should we go to scoring?
1: Uh, yeah. And I'm gonna say ninety-one leaves
0: out of ninety-one leaves. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, I'll
1: give it thirty. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even go that far. Mm-hmm. Like twenty-two twenty two leaves. I'll give it two leaves for the the uh Robert De Niro the taxi driver spoof and then twenty leaves for the leaves featured
0: in the movie. Okay. The twenty marijuana marijuana leaves you? Mean?
1: Yeah, there's some marijuana Mar- leaves, there's some maple leaves as well. Alright. Yeah. Um
0: okay, so bond movie or bad movie?
1: Uh
0: definitely bad movie. Okay all right well thanks for chatting about Bon cop bad cop with me yeah um are we I guess we're not lining up for the sequel no all right
1: I probably I, I would prefer not to see it
0: okay yeah um so listeners if you want to make your own podcast or just comments about Bon cop bad cop 2 do send them in our email is uh, filmed in Canada at gmail.com
1: yeah, and um, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We've gotten a few of those. Uh, a gentleman did come across the um, the message that I had sent out about sending us a review, and we'll give you the, the Oscar game, but it was unfortunately after the Oscars, so I offered that he could uh, give us some suggestions for future episodes, which he did. Um, and I don't have a list of those handy, but... Um, I will uh, pull up his review quickly here and read it on the air Uh, so sam.42 on iTunes says I rate this podcast 103 maple leaves always great to hear about the classics and sometimes lesser known films of Canadian cinema looking forward to hearing more So, thank you sam.42 and uh, we will Get around to
0: watching and reviewing one of those recommendations in the future. All right. Thanks, Sam. Mm -hmm. And that's it for this episode. Catch you later.